We're going to talk to Jennifer Law, film producer, bioethicist, about various things regarding artificial reproduction and um, coming at it from various perspectives. Jennifer, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, we're so happy that you're here with us. This is a very interesting, important, and uh, exciting uh, topic. I love engaging the mind. I love engaging argumentation and pondering truth. So, Jennifer, before we get into this conversation about artificial reproduction and looking at it from a number of perspectives, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture, which is a nonprofit organization based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And in an earlier career, I was a 20-year pediatric critical care nurse and studied bioethics and now run this nonprofit. Wonderful. This is very, very good. So um, we want to we talk about artificial reproduction. Um, And we want to look at everything, obviously, from the perspective of God's revelation and His commandments. Um, But when we get to the topic of certain aspects of science, uh, in particular this uh, very modern uh, topic of artificial reproduction because of the advances in science technology, um, religious perspectives uh, aren't always convincing um, for various reasons. Uh, Can you speak to why that would be the case? Well, I mean, we all know people who don't have any sort of religious faith, and so for us to speak to them and make our arguments against a surrogacy or egg selling, egg donation in religious language would be, you know, like speaking a foreign language to them. They wouldn't even be able to understand um, why we think the way we think or why we oppose or are critical of certain uses of these kind of technologies. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be able to speak to the everyday person, our neighbors, um, uh, you know, people in our social media network, and be able to communicate what we believe in a way that they can understand. Yeah, absolutely. I, especially this topic of uh, of language. I mean, it's English, uh, obviously. It's English speaking English, right. but it's um, but it's a totally different uh, vocabulary uh, coming from different principles coming from uh, different lines of argumentation and and notions of uh, what is good and how to approach uh, that conversation so uh, that's that's extremely important um, so there's we can talk about uh, any of these topics from let's say uh, philosophy and using reason or logic uh, we can talk about them from religion using scripture and uh, revelation uh, we can talk about them from uh, a psychological standpoint or a um, scientific standpoint. Um, so w- do you, in your work, do you, do you look at these topics from all of those standpoints and try to bring uh, convincing argumentation from, from various uh, standpoints of, of conversation? Absolutely. And I would add to your list, you know, you can make arguments about the use of law. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, because of my background as a nurse, you know, medicine, what is the pro- right. appropriate and proper use of medicine um, in helping to pe- helping people to conceive babies? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I use all those, all those arguments, um, and all those are very helpful um, ways to approach a discussion and conversation with people. Yeah, very good. Uh, this is Father Craig Vosick, your host today, speaking with Jennifer Law, the pre- president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture. Um, 
I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I suppose I, I'm going to stick with our talking points for now, just for for your benefit. Uh, but what what exactly uh, kinds of things do you bring uh, from a non-religious perspective when you're when you're visiting with people about these topics? Yeah, well, I, first I talk about the medical risk. I mean, assisted reproductive technologies are not without risk to the mother, uh, the women, and to the children. So there's you know there's real risk and real possibility of harm. Um, I talk about the economic injustices. Assisted reproduction is very, very expensive. So it's the wealthy who can acquire or have, and, and if you will, it will be the lower income or poor who will be the ones who have to sell their bodies or rent their wombs or sell their eggs. Um, and so there's, you know, there's an economic injustice. You know, there's the rights of the child and the best interest of the child to not be created as part of a commercial contract. Um, a commercial arrangement, um, often with total strangers who are going to be uh, acquiring a child through a commercial contract. So I think those are kind of conversations that you can have that don't, um, you know, call upon religious, per se, um, or o- overtly religious arguments um, that can be very convincing to people. I mean, you look at a cover of a People magazine in the grocery store, and you'll see Hollywood celebrities who have the money and have been able to acquire a baby through a, a commercial contract. But you never see the pictures of the low-income or poor women. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, uh, you're bringing up uh, hundreds, maybe, of ideas in my mind. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> just the, the notion, maybe just to stay with me for a moment as I kind of ponder the universe and the cosmos, uh, but just the notion of uh, who has rights... Um, that is a that is a question of our political uh, um, battle these days, um, because what you're bringing up is that that the child uh, is is not being spoken for in these in this reality, and there would be people who say, well, the child doesn't have rights. Uh, the child is that's not of our concern right now. It's the uh, it's the rights of somebody else. Um, so even bringing that up, just the notion of what is the common good and who who belongs to the common good? Uh, an unborn child. Uh, does the unborn child belong to the common good yet uh, or not? I mean, you're bringing up you're bringing up some pretty important topics and and from a non-religious perspective to engage people. I think this is phenomenally uh, important that you're able to do this. Um, can we step back? What what types of procedures or activities uh, are we talking about when we're talking about artificial reproduction? What what's the gamut of of that? What's the spectrum there? Yeah, well, when you look at it through the lens of the woman who's perhaps either um, you know using her body or going to go under you know assisted reproduction or in vitro fertilization, and these women take very large doses of powerful fertility drugs. Um, hormones. And we all know that, you know, drugs and fertility drugs and hormones have risks to women's health. You know, they undergo surgical procedures with anesthesia and all the risks of surgery uh, to, to remove their eggs from the body. Um, you know, creating life in the laboratory is very fragile. There's a lot of manipulation that goes from getting, you know, eggs out of a woman's body and then actually fertilizing an embryo in a laboratory and then transferring it back into the woman's womb. So there's many, many steps. Um, along the way, and this is, again, it's very costly, and it is not without risk, and there's a high failure rate. You know, most of the people who enter into an assisted reproductive um, uh, arrangement, there's a lot of failure. You know, not everybody gets a baby, and there's multiple, multiple attempts 
in order to finally get that take-home baby. So even mm. when you're um, having the risk doing it one time, think about the time it fails and you do it again, and then you expose your body to more risk. Um, and we have, you know, a million frozen human embryos in the United States created through surplus, um, you know, in vitro fertilization techniques. And why do we create so many? Because we know so many will die along the way. And so we create a lot because it's expensive, and the end goal is to get a take-home baby. Uh, so we make a lot of human life that just ends up in a breather. Mm. I'm kind of... Uh becoming speechless but i have to continue to host the show um wow um oh yeah you're kind of blowing my mind right now just to be really honest you're kind of blowing my mind um so i'm just thinking, it's only nine o'clock in the morning i uh, know yeah actually could i get some coffee over here <laughs> um okay so i just want to come back to a thought that i'm having on this which is typically and I'm just going to say this very um, positively. It's just kind of a, a, a universal experience that we want to promote and talk about the things that we're up to in the most positive light. So I would imagine that researchers and scientists and uh, various other people who are working in these fields, um, the things that are coming to the to the popular news are the kind of the breakthroughs, the advances, the successes, uh, the various uh, ways in which we have developed things, um, and the genius of science and, and, and advancement. These are the these are the things that people read about in the in the news and the reports. Um, but the the behind the scenes uh, things that you're talking about right now of of failure and expenses and goals and uh, and freezers and all these things I, I would imagine that most people don't know these like would, is that the case would you find that most people are unaware of these realities yeah absolutely you know we don't want to talk about the, the failure and and the tragedies and the you know the sad stories we only want to promote the good stories and that is why you know my most recent film called big fertility where we really look at the the industry of reproductive technology and this as an, as an industry, and the bottom line for the industry is to make profit. Um, and if you don't want to hurt your bottom line, you're not going to talk about how most people don't get that baby, how most IVF cycles fail, how costly it is, how risky it is to your health, um, mm-hmm. because it hurts your bottom line. And if you're in mm-hmm. the business of helping people have babies, first thing you say to them is, oh, we can help you get a baby, not, oh, you probably won't get a baby, but it's going to cost you $100,000. Um, to, to try to get a baby. Mm-hmm. It hurts the bottom line. Yeah, right. Right. So, Jennifer, you're going to be speaking at uh, in Sioux Falls at Holy Spirit Parish, uh, I think, tomorrow. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, so what, what are you going to be covering there so that the people that are listening uh, can be sold on why they should show up for your presentation? Well, I'm going to be talking about the medical, ethical, and legal problems of third-party conception, you know, using other women's bodies in order to try to um, have a baby, and I think people are woefully misinformed or, or uninformed, so I would encourage people to come and, and get informed so they can have, you know, those good informed discussions with their neighbors and their friends. Yes, I'm hoping that many people will be able to come out. Jennifer, we're coming to the end of our segment. Thanks so much for being with us for a, a few minutes today uh, to visit about this topic, and uh, hopefully many people will be able to gain even more from you uh, tomorrow night. Thanks for being with us. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So the South Dakota Catholic Conference and the Diocesan Office of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life are hosting Jennifer Law, the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture, for a presentation at Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls. That's going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in Sioux Falls. So I hope that you can all show up if you're in the Sioux Falls area.